Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. And it's season 14 of the Fourth and Inches show with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana, happy um, football season. And I uh, can't believe it's yes. been 14 years, but here we are. I know. <laughs> Every time I look at it, I'm like, holy moly, we've been doing this for this long already? It feels like it's been a lot less time than that. Although I'm sure some days you're like, oh, my God, this has been the longest 14 years of my life. <laughs> no, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> Uh, but we we are in our, our Brad Johnson era, our Ken Fouts era, not our Andy Dalton era. Um, it is our 14th year. And if this is your first time joining us, welcome. Where have you been for the last 13 seasons? Uh, <laughs> we've got all kinds of stuff for you. First and foremost, uh, we should probably warn you that there are two other co-hosts that are mostly silent but also very devious in Blue the Cat and Mia the Cat. They're always here causing some ruckus. So if you hear cats in the background, don't be alarmed. This is this is standard operating procedure for the Fourth and Inches show. Uh, we have yes. uh, a very, very jam-packed uh, episode for you. Do you think that Blue will be making any picks this week? See any any sleepers he's into? Um, he's already given me his Super Bowl picks, and uh, spoiler alert, they involve two cat teams, and even more of a spoiler alert, a cat team has never won a Super Bowl. So and just that's, as I'm that's talking what about we're it, all uh, about here. Comes in for the uh, leg rubs. So uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, we're, we're in mid-season form. That's what we like to hear. So we have uh, all kinds of good stuff for you tonight. We are going to give you all of the information you need to dominate your season-long fantasy lineup. If you just need some bragging rights at the water cooler, your daily fantasy league, a dynasty league, we got you covered. We're going to take a look at our top tens at every position, top rookies, sleepers, busts. We'll talk a little strategy. Uh, again, if this is your first time, we tend to draft differently. This has been an ongoing issue. <laughs> but I'm sure we'll have uh, some spirited conversation there. We'll give you our Super Bowl picks and everything else along the way. We won't get too deep into injuries and all that kind of stuff. We still have have rosters to be finalized, and we're really hoping some guys get healthy before next week. But we will be with you every Tuesday night this season at 8 p.m. Eastern time, giving you everything you need to, to win the week ahead. Um, we'll be giving you your daily fantasy picks, position rankings, who to start, who to sit, our picks, all of that good stuff. We'll give you waiver wire options, injuries. It's it's a one-stop shop here. So, as always, I'm sure there will be uh, a few things we disagree on. But for the most part, uh, I think I think we'll have a good year, as we always do. All right, I'll, I'll start by stirring it up right away. Um, what is your preferred <laughs> strategy in terms of uh, early rounds taking running backs versus wide receivers, and does that vary at all based on whether it's a point-per-reception league, a no-points-per-reception league, or a half-point-per-reception league? 
Um, I think it does vary CPR or not. Um, I think it's also going to depend a little bit where I'm picking, but say I'm in the top half of of my first round here, I'm probably looking at a wide receiver. I'm decidedly not drafting Travis Kelsey. We'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> um, but later in the first round, I'm okay taking a running back, especially one that's going to catch a lot of passes. I just, I'm not ready to say every team's a running back by committee and running backs are all expendable. I'm just not there yet. How are you feeling about it this year? Um, I've, I guess I'm kind of old school in the sense that I almost always take a running back with my top pick, but again, it depends, you know, where they are. And uh, I have the second pick in my last draft on Wednesday night. And, you mm-hmm. know, I, I would be happy to take either my top two would probably be Justin Jefferson and Christian McCaffrey and some, sure. and I don't, I'm not going out on a limb or breaking any news there, but, you know, I'd be happy to get either one of those guys with a top pick. And I could also see spending a top pick, you know, later back in the first round on someone like uh Jamar Chase or uh, Cooper Cup, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, I have I have no beef with that. Um, I I mean, if you're in those that top pick or two, I think a Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase is very enticing. I think all of you crazy people who think that Travis Kelsey is the number one overall pick, like you're going to get what you deserve. This is a terrible idea. <laughs> Could not hate yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a. Uh, fan of that. I mean, if he were a wide and, receiver, he's probably what, like the 15th or 20th? And not 34. I yeah, mean, it's true, too. It's not It'd be great. one thing if that were Kyle Pitts and he's 24 or whatever he is. But yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. There's a lot more. Although he, also, he seems as, to be unbreakable, but, yeah. Right, but everyone was unbreakable until they broke. I mean, it happens. And, and quite frankly, as someone who is a, a well- noted tight end apologist here the fact that i think this is a terrible idea really should tell you something people so like let's rethink the strategy (laughs) okay well then how early would you consider taking a running back i mean which pick in the first round would you have to have before you would you know if you had the first pick who would you take if i had the first pick i'm probably taking jamar chase i know i know justin jefferson is a 1a yeah. All right, so after those two are gone, who's your third pick? If you're picking third and those two are gone, who's your third pick? Mm, I'm thinking it's probably Garrett Wilson, and then I'm looking at Christian McCaffrey. Okay, so you would go for your top three would all I'd, be wide receivers then? Yeah, yeah. What okay. about you? Right. Um, like I said before, to me, you know, it's a toss-up between those two guys, McCaffrey and Jefferson, for the first two picks. So, you know, I'd be mm-hmm. – and beyond that, you know, once you get past those two, when you start talking about Jamar Chases and Cooper Cups, I'm probably still going to feel better about taking an Austin Eckler or, a, you know, Saquon Barkley or yeah. a Josh Jacobs or somebody like that before I would take one of the other wide, top wide receivers. But uh, we'll see. So, I'm with anyway, you. Uh, good as always to start uh, off with a disagreement. <laughs> also, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about Mike Gusecki later when we get to the tight end section. <laughs> oh, we are. Well, if he, if we do, you're the one bringing him up because I had no intentions on bringing oh, him up even in the bus. <laughs> okay. Don't worry. How I'm about, in mid- um, mid-season form, guys. <laughs> how about um, another quick strategy question for you? How early 
Um, you, you already said Travis Kelsey 1-1 is a bad idea, but how early would you consider Terrible. taking a top tight end and how early round-wise would you consider taking a top quarterback? Um, a top quarterback, I'm probably thinking like mid-second round. Uh, tight end, probably. I'm probably not looking at it until the, the late second, early third round. Okay, well, if we were drafting in the same league, then you would get both your quarterback and your tight ends because I tend to wait on those two positions a lot longer, (laughs) which doesn't mean that's the right strategy all the time. I mean, I'm sure Patrick Mahomes has won many people a league, and Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen will be top picks. You know, this year, too, probably gone by the end of the second round at the latest, I would think, but... um, yeah. Tight ends I'm not quite as keen on. I think there's a little bit more of a drop-off this year after Kelsey, just given Mark Andrews' you know, injury, you know, recurring injury concerns. I mean, maybe their offense is better, but anyway, we'll get more into that um, a little <laughs> bit later. So. As always, we digress. So, <laughs> yes, all right. We're in mid-season, or at least I'm in mid-season form. So why don't we uh, stick to the script and the uh, – start off with uh, running backs and uh, who, who would your uh, top 10 be? Well, I I think my number one running back is Christian McCaffrey. I think Saquon is two and Jonathan Taylor is three for me. Beyond that, it, it definitely takes takes a pretty steep drop. I think those are, are my top three and then you've got quite an ocean between. Um, there are some guys I really like that you know, I, I like Josh Jacobs. I know a lot of people don't like the situation. They don't like the the um, Jonathan Taylor situation either. I'm I'm also very intrigued by Jameer Gibbs in Detroit, <laughs> Travis Etienne in Jacksonville, um, Najee Harris in a later later closer to ten. Um, Tony Pollard, I think, is going to be better than other people think he's going to be. I just, I think there's a lot of wiggle room in this area. Um, I think there's a lot more, a lot more running backs that I really don't want any part of, and there's a lot kind of in this in-between spot for me. I think there's three, and then there's everybody else. How are you feeling about it? I agree with you wholeheartedly about McCaffrey being the top one. I think you know, his. You know, he, the way he performed last year, the durability concerns are less for me now than they would have been you know, at this point last year. But after that, yeah. I think it's a pretty, you know, you throw them in a pot and see what comes out. And the way I tended to rank my guys, um, the top running backs, was just, you know, what incentive do teams have to keep guys healthy, you know, this year and beyond? If they're on the last year of a contract, or if they're playing on the franchise tag, I think there's very little incentive for teams to, or I shouldn't say very little, but there's less incentive for teams to keep a guy who's on a franchise tag healthy for the whole season than there is for somebody like Atlanta keeping Bijan Robinson healthy in the first year of his rookie Mm -hmm. contract. So for me, my top 10 would go um, McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs. I think those three, you know, you kind of, throw them all in a pot, you know, all three of those guys, you know, the teams have incentives, you know, yeah. stated or not to run those guys into the ground. So I can see them as long as they hold up being heavy usage, you know, heavy point getting guys. Uh, Nick Chubb, 
you know, just because I think the team situation is a little bit better this year. Bijan Robinson, uh, Damian Pierce in Houston might be a little bit higher than most people have him on their lists. But, you know, I think offense hopefully will be a little bit better with the new coach and then also and the new quarterback. And just, you know, he's kind of the unquestioned, you know, alpha running back there. Uh, Joe Mixon, mm-hmm. Derrick Henry, and Ramondre Stevenson uh, rounding out my top ten. And uh, noticeably uh, absent from my top ten list were uh, two guys that were on your top ten list, and that was Jonathan Taylor and Tony Pollard. We'll get to them more yeah, later. Yeah, I, I, in the conventional sense, Jonathan Taylor is definitely my number three. Tony Pollard would probably be nine. I like Austin Eckler at four. Bijan Robinson I like a lot. I have him all the way up at five, above Derrick Henry, above Nick Chubb, above Josh Jacobs. And I've got Travis Etienne rounding out my top ten. You know, Najee Harris just, just peeking in on the outside looking in. But I it just it's hard. It's especially really hard to see with so much change in the off season. And I know we say this every year, but there's a lot of teams that have different quarterbacks, have different coordinators. I just don't really know which running backs, aside from guys that I've seen year after year come in and be able to thrive under some chaos. I'm looking at you, Saquon Barkley. It's hard to say for sure that any of these any of these other guys who are in less than ideal settings are going to have a good time. Well, for instance, with Jonathan Taylor, and you know, I have him on a dynasty team, so I obviously want him to do well. But if I'm drafting in the next few days, can you – tell me, A, if he's healthy or not, and B, where he's going to be playing this year, or if he's going to be playing this year. I mean, that's just, you know, for me, I think he's, I think he's going to be, be with the Colts. I think he's as healthy as he ever really is, which isn't that healthy, but he plays through it. And you know what? He still puts up yards. And I think he now has something to prove. He's now, now even more of a fire is lit under his ass because he wanted. He finally got them to say, "Oh, we can trade you." And like, there's not a real player coming to the table here. So now he's got he's got the chip on his shoulder. I think that makes him better. And I think Anthony Richardson needs him to be better for this team to do anything functional. Well, let me flip it around. Then he's got a rookie quarterback who's unproven and is probably going to have his ups and downs. Would you rather go into a season with someone like that? You know, if you're a running back looking to make your mark or somebody like, you know, let's rewind the clock 12 months and, you know, Matt Ryan, we obviously know that story didn't end well, but, you know, going into We're last season, ending. it seemed like a good idea <laughs> at the time. Or maybe rewind, you know, 24 <laughs> months ago to Philip Rivers, which seemed like a better idea. Actually, was so, by the way, he's having his, like, 38th Ryan. child this year, so he's been busy. <laughs> yes. Um, but but I, I don't I don't hate the situation for either one of them. I think it's a little worse for Richardson because you just you're not going to get the same connection with Jonathan Taylor that you would have had you shown up there last year because he's got so much shit going on with the front office and all of this off field stuff. But I'd like to think I'd like to hope that this is something where they're both so talented that they need each other to truly be great here and they figure out how to make that work because it's going to be survival of the fittest. We know that oh, that offensive line when it's healthy is very good, but it's never healthy. So it, it's still going to look kind of like a Chinese fire drill out there. Okay. We'll see. And for the sake of the, the dynasty league that we both play in, I hope uh, yes. Anthony Richardson does. Uh, I re- really well need that to go well for me. <laughs> You finally have a quarterback that's actually a 
quarterback on the NFL. Finally. Congratulations. I know you and If this is your if this is your first year here, last year I inherited a dumpster fire of the dynasty team. And literally team I ever historically bad. Like Sherpa was almost crying laughing at my lineup each week and it was completely justified. (laughs) There's just there's just only so much you can do. But I think I started a quarterback who was actually playing any kind of downs maybe three to four weeks of the entire season. I had like I seven guys who might have been, have been best, a best uh, quarterback <laughs> it was, last year. It was year. not good. It was a really tough time. Yeah. So we have we have Anthony Richardson on board. He's he's in the team colors. He's here. He just God willing we gotta wrap him in bubble wrap because if he goes down I'm in a lot of trouble. <laughs> That's what next year's first uh, overall pick is for, or maybe not. Maybe you want to use it on Marvin Harrison Jr. or something next year. But maybe. anyway, um, so back. To, I did need two more. guys having no quarterback, though. Just by the way. <laughs> That's um, kudos to you for doing that. Um, of course, you cost yourself a chance at uh, Bijan Robinson doing that. I did. That, I did. It you, didn't really actually end up that great needed. for me. <laughs> probably needed well you could have auctioned off the pick and probably well I don't know you probably still needed Anthony Richardson even more than Bijan Robinson for your team but anyway I digress so being Bijan Robinson how about your uh, top rookies (laughs) who are your top rookie running backs um funny you should ask Bijan Robinson is at the top of the list also might be why he's number five on my overall top 10 real high on this guy really like how he's fit in so far I like that he's making friends with the other running backs. They're working together. They have inside jokes. This is all very promising. Really nothing, nothing could be worse than it was. So it's really got to go up from here. And you know what? I might pick Atlanta to win a game or two this year. I'm not I'm not going all in on it now, but I might. Um, they don't, Gibbs they might get rid of their quarterback. <laughs> I <know>. See? <laughs> we are in midseason form. I like it. <laughs> Oh, the punishment. Oh, good puns. Good puns. <laughs> um, I do like Jameer Gibbs in Detroit. I know not everyone's as high on him as I am. I think that he's going to fit really nicely in this offense, and it's an offense that needs the running game to go for everything to work. I think he's got a chance. I know he's going to have his yips. He's a rookie, but it'll be okay. Really excited about Zach Charbonnet in Seattle. I think that he brings a different depth to the running back pool here of what's left since he's a really he's a really great receiver out of the backfield, which has not been what this this running back by committee has looked like. The fact that there's been so many injuries and the fact that even with with Kenneth Walker healthy, the Seahawks went and got a, a running back so quickly in the draft makes me think they're going to push him a little harder. Maybe they don't love what they're seeing out of Walker yet, but I think Charbonnet's got a great a great chance there. Ty J. Spears in Tennessee, I think this could be a really great landing spot for him. Kendra Miller in New Orleans. Chris Rodriguez Jr. I'm very excited about in Washington. I know there's already a couple of good running backs there, but I think, I think this might be the spot. And Tank Bigsby in Jacksonville I think is very interesting. I think he could be a good a good play here, just – this would be a good by committee situation for him. I think it would complement each other well. So our you? top four are exactly the same. Um, my only okay. 
difference was uh, at number five with a guy who I'm a little bit surprised you didn't mention at all, and that's because he plays for your favorite team, a.k.a. America's team, a.k.a. the Cowboys, and that would be uh, Deuce Vaughn, and and he's gotten a lot of uh, good publicity during the season. He's really fast, I'm just not. Con- I'm not convinced Tony Pollard is going to be, you know, your bell cow. He can't. He cannot be back. the only one. There's a reason he was so good as a transition, as a, a change of pace. <laughs> there was a reason that worked. I'm just worried overall so, about the Cowboys' run game and like the Cowboys in general, to be very honest. But oh, oh. that's why he's. I, I wouldn't worry too much if I were you, but uh, mm-hmm. we'll see. Our I'm a Cowboys fan. This is the way I'm wired. <laughs> well, I guess it doesn't make any sense to me outside of the fact that, yeah, everybody is, you know, you're either really uh, optimistic or really pessimistic about your team. Not too many people are uh, right down the middle objective about it, which is a good thing because otherwise it wouldn't be fun to root for teams and scream at yeah. TVs and things. So yeah. um, how about sleepers, running backs? Who do you, um, some names that we haven't discussed so far that are, are on your sleeper list? Top three or five. Well, if you want, I'll start with mine. Yeah, I mean, I have some. I just don't love them. So I'm curious who you came up with, and I'll I'll play off of yours. All right, Uh, Javante Williams. Just a lot of my. Yeah, Yeah. Um, Javante Williams. I mean, he's coming back from an injury. I, I get that, but you know, he's by all accounts seems to be doing well in. in preseason and you know, seems healthy, so he would be a sleeper for me. And by sleeper again, I don't mean oh, this is a guy nobody's heard of. That's not what I mean. I just mean somebody that could you know, seriously outperform their draft position that you get them that, and you know potentially be a top ten running back. So Javante Williams. Yeah. I'll also go with James Cook in Buffalo and uh, Aaron Jones, who's an old reliable in Green Bay, but you know AJ Dillon just never seems to be able to wrest the job from him. And this year, you know, breaking in Jordan Love, you, know, you figure that uh, Green Bay is going to rely a little bit more on the run game perhaps than they might have in the past. So anyway, that's my three. Uh, go ahead and uh, give me a reaction to that. And uh, who did I miss? Um, I have J.K. Dobbins on my list. I think the theme of this show is I'm much higher on the Baltimore Ravens as a whole than I think everyone else except – the Baltimore Ravens organization. So it's probably not on a lot of other lists, but for where he's going in a draft, he is definitely definitely qualifies as a sleeper. Um, I'm also I'm also very intrigued by DeAndre Swift in Philadelphia. Now this is a deeper sleep thing because Philadelphia is just hell bent on on the Kenneth Gaines experience and the Rashad Penny factors into this, but I think DeAndre Swift is actually the best of the bunch and they're going to have to, at some point acknowledge that and play him. Um, and, you know, I, I really, I really don't mind the the tag team of Brian Robinson Jr. And Antonio Gibson. I like the whole Washington backfield and that is not something we've said in seasons past, but I think those would probably be my top picks. For sleepers, yeah, it's it's tough to know with some of those situations. You know, first of all, how are the carries going to be split, and two, right. how much is the overall offense going to be on the field? Are the players 
around them, especially a quarterback, is going to be good enough that they'll stay on the field long enough to rack up, you know, meaningful yards. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, those are all um, good picks. We'll see uh, which of those guys pan out. And uh, how about for your busts, or do you want me to take that first again? Oh, no. The bust list is lengthy. <laughs> I will leave some for you. But... Who are your top three? Number one on my list is Kenneth Walker, III slash most of Seattle overall. This running back by committee thing is not working for me. Like I said, I really like Charbonnet coming in, and I think he's going to kind of blow this whole thing up. Also, Najee Harris, I know a lot of people are going the other direction on this. I really don't think his season gets better. I think Kenny Pickett gets a whole hell of a lot better, but I don't think Najee Harris is taking that step forward. Um, And Brees Hall. Brees Hall, Damian Pierce, Ramondre Stevenson, kind of all all tucked into that three, four, five spot for me. I just there's just not enough there in New York. I want him to be healthy. It's not that he's not healthy. I think it's great that you know we're bringing in guys, but Dalvin Cook's here now. <laughs> like it's just it's hard for me to think that Aaron Rodgers is gonna gonna pick Brees Hall over Dalvin Cook at this point in time. But I would love to be proven wrong about that. Yeah, it's yeah, that one's a tough one just because the combination of coming back from that major injury and you it's know, tough. also just having a new guy in town and having so many more offensive weapons and especially having Dalvin Cook there on a one year deal where again, like some of the guys we were talking about before, they could potentially run him into the ground and you know, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the way it's gonna be. So um for me, yeah, the the both Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall are guys that I think are likely to be drafted too early. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, again, for me, I just, you know, there's too much uncertainty there. My crystal ball is cloudy when I try to figure out what's going on there. So I would probably tend to avoid that situation until late second, early third round, by which time somebody else will have uh, taken the bait on him. And then uh, Tony Pollard is the other one for me that, yeah. Again, that doesn't mean yeah. I think he's going to stink this year, but I just think that relative to where you're going to have to draft him, I, I think that he's likely to um, not return as much value as you would need out of that pick in order to be a successful yeah. team. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. Now that we've uh, picked the bone clean on uh, running back, should we uh, go over to wide receivers? I think we should. Let's get crazy. <laughs> okay. Um, oh. So why don't I, I we, uh, kick this? Pretty clear. We we're similar at the top, but I want to hear what your your full yeah. ten list is. So um, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Jones, Garrett Wilson, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs. Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Debo Samuel would be my top ten going into the season. And you know, um, anyway, uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown is probably the one that concerns me the most on that list. You know, not because I doubt his ability, but just because I doubt his health and his ability to stay healthy for a uh, whole season. Yeah. It seems like he's uh, been banged up, you know, at least uh, for a couple weeks each of the, his two seasons so far, and. Uh, yeah, that makes me a little bit leery of um, putting him in the top ten, but I'll stick with it on the theory that uh, the um, Lions overall are going to be an explosive offensive team, especially, uh, you know, 
yeah, his value will probably be higher before Jameson Williams gets back. But uh, anyway, um, your thoughts and your your top ten. Um, we've got we've got some similar names, a little bit different order. Um, I've got Jamar Chase at one, Justin Jefferson at two, Tyree Kill coming in at three for me. Uh, followed by Stefan Diggs, Garrett Wilson, A.J. Brown, and Cooper Cup checks in on my list at number seven. Amon Ross St. Brown I have at eight. Uh, C.D. Lamb at nine. And Chris Olave with the Saints checking in at number ten. So we're getting getting some of them in early that are not going to make sense to anyone else. <laughs> and by the way, I think I'm in midseason form in that I referred to A.J. Brown as A.J. Jones. So, you know. I mean, it's fine. I've got that going for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so glad that San Antonio Holmes is retired. I, I know. That butcher he, his name someday anymore. he's going to make a comeback. He's going to be like T.O. trying to start a reality show at 50, trying to get on an NFL field or something. you got to watch out. He's never truly he never gone. makes it to <laughs> Hopefully he just never gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, where that would be uh, me eating would be a lot tough. of crow. But anyway, or uh, or lucky. maybe he gives you a shout out for actually knowing his real name that no one else knew. There's an idea. Uh, that's that's it's okay. I'm not going to hold my breath, but I'll, it's a nice thought, <laughs> so I'll run with it. Uh, how about your top rookies? Who do you like? <laughs> Well, there's an awful lot to like. <laughs> I'm also just picturing Antonio Holmes up on the stage in Canton and diverting into a story about a little-known podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, Shout out to my good. guys at Fourth uh, and <laughs> there for butchering my name for my old career. Manifesting it right here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, um, some rookies who maybe we can also mess up their names and put them in the Hall of Fame. You're welcome. Um, I've got Jackson Smith and Jigba at the top of my list. I love him in Ohio State. I love how the last few guys who's been playing with have come out and made impacts right away. I think in Seattle is a perfect spot for him. Let's just have him run as far down the field as he can with everybody else, and then Gino's going to just throw the ball up, and we'll see what happens. It worked out pretty good last year, and he's a little more – maneuverable underneath, so I think he's got a good year ahead of him. Uh, Zay Flowers in Baltimore, again, I'm higher on the Ravens than everyone else in the world, but I think the fact that he's he's shown some pretty good signs early here, Baltimore wide receivers couldn't stay healthy to save their life, neither could anyone else on the team, quite frankly, but I think Lamar Jackson can just chuck a ball up and Zay Flowers can be there to catch it. I think that'll work out just fine. Um Jaden Reed in Green Bay, this is more a product of they just don't have any wide receivers. I'm sorry, Christian Walker, but, like, realistically, we need more than one. And I think Jaden Reed's going to come in. He doesn't have doesn't have all the drama and the preconceived notions about who's quarterback and this and that. He's coming in fresh. He's just going to learn the playbook and, and catch a football. I think that's going to be good for everybody. Jordan Addison in Minnesota, uh, clearly Kirk Cousins is going to throw footballs forever, just regardless of how we feel about it. <laughs> So why shouldn't Jordan Addison get a piece of that pie? Jonathan Mingo in Carolina. I'm very interested in what's going down in Carolina right now. I think it's very intriguing. I don't think it's sustainable long term, but I think there are points to be had here. Jalen Hyatt in uh, with your Giants. Again, a functional wide receiver. Just showing up as a wide receiver that can like run and do your job and not get hurt immediately. That's going to put you ahead of a lot of guys. <laughs> 
I also like Josh Downs in Indianapolis. I think that that could be an interesting mix as well. Uh, Their wide receivers are kind of in flux, and we don't have a a true clear-cut, hey, we're looking at you all the time guy. I think that he's he's primed to come in and steal some downs, all intended. (laughs) What about you? Who did I miss on your list? Um, you didn't miss anyway. I only had three on my list, and you covered them all. Okay. But I actually have Zay Flowers at the top of my list. So okay, you know, even better. Some, some love this. Love there. Um, love this. And, uh, and then Jackson Smith and Jigbo. My main concern with him is that he didn't play at all last season, although he seems healthy now. And Jordan Addison is, you know, I think the third one that's, you know, along with Flowers and Smith and Jigbo, that's kind of head and shoulders potentially above the rest of the rookie class. But, of course, my concern with him is that, you know, he seems intent on, uh, you know, how, taking uh, sick animals to the vet at high speed. But uh, True. anyway, True. if he can overcome that, I think he'll be okay. <laughs> I think it's a fair assessment. You know, people need to be worried about these things. Yeah, I, I suppose. But not everybody has a car that they can drive 140 miles an hour in the middle of the night to take their sick dog to the vet. Also true. Fair. Fair evaluation. So, <laughs> so anyway, I guess. Um, how about sleepers? Uh, who who's, um, do you think is going to be undervalued come draft day for you wide receiver wise? Um, I know this is not going to be someone that's on your list or pretty much everyone else's, but I have Calvin Ridley. I think that a lot of people want to put him up as a bust. I think he could really, really thrive here. This is an offensive coordinator that loves to throw the ball. This is a quarterback who is truly trying to figure it out, and he's he's looking downfield. He wants to throw. He's not looking to hand off first. Um, and I think Calvin Ridley, he's got a little something to prove. Obviously, being suspended for a year is not great. He's gone through some stuff. Also, really like Nico Collins in Houston. Again, probably not on anyone else's list. But I think CJ Stroud's going to be great there. I think that Nico Collins has a really, really high-quality set of skills. Like, he is a lot better than people are giving him credit for. Granted, he has not stayed healthiest for long strengths of time for us to see that. But I think this could be his year. Elijah Moore in Cleveland, I think, is interesting, especially because in a minute I'm going to tell you Deshaun Watson is on my bust list, but I think Elijah Moore is going to end up being a whole hell of a lot more productive in this offense than we saw for sure with the Jets. But I think it gets better for him here. So that was those would be my, my top three sleepers. What about you? So for me, and again, you know, this first guy is not a sleeper in the sense that we think of it, but uh, Amari Cooper is actually at the top of my list. And again, that's a bet on Cleveland's offense being better, although Deshaun Watson, that that could go really south. But, you know, assuming that he shakes off the rust and, you know, the distractions and everything else, you know, from last few seasons, I think, you know, if he's able to focus on, football and, you know, comes back to being anywhere near what he was his first few seasons in the league. You know, I think Amari Cooper is definitely going to be a beneficiary of that. Uh, Darius Slayton with the Giants uh, was uh, Daniel Jones' favorite receiver. He unfortunately was not uh, the coach and the GM's favorite receiver for the first uh, part of the season. But once (laughs) once he reestablished himself in the pecking order there, you know, things seemed to go 
playing well for him. And uh, it's kind of amazing to think that uh, their top two receivers going into the season are Isaiah Hodgins and, you know, a guy who was uh, brought over from Buffalo practice squad. And then uh, Darius Slayton, who was pretty much on the scrap heap. Um, his blue is reminding yes, he me here. And, and then uh, <laughs> third guy is uh, Brandon Cooks, uh, a current Cowboy as opposed to a former Cowboy like Amari Cooper. But yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, Dallas's offense, if anything, I would expect maybe they'll have to throw a little bit more this year. Hopefully Dak will stay healthy all yeah. season. And um, so I would expect not only C.D. Lamb, but uh, also Brandon Cooks to have a big season. And uh, Dalton Schultz gone, too. You know, that's going to be more uh, activity for uh, the wide receivers, potentially, and he's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I, it's going to be interesting. All right. How about your wide receiver busts? Uh, you already saw one of mine on your uh, sleeper yeah. list, but uh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Devontae Adams is at the top of my list, um, and this is more so where he's being drafted. I don't think he's just going to be terrible all the way around. I just don't think that I love the idea of Jimmy Garoppolo throwing to just about anyone. And this offense I was going to say, let me guess, Jimmy Garoppolo is on your quarterback yeah. bust list. Listen, so, I think that just goes without saying. see that coming from a, a mile yes. away. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I kind of I was, like, not leading with it at least. I was saying, hey, Deshaun Watson's on there first. But, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely on there. I have no faith in this man. Prove me wrong. I'd be happy to see it, but, like, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Dysfunction Junction is firmly parked in the station in Las Vegas, and it's not getting a whole lot better. Um, but I think Devontae Adams, while he is wildly talented, he is still a year older, he is still banged up, and he doesn't have his, you know, one of his best friends throwing to him anymore, and the whole thing isn't great. So Jimmy Garoppolo is not Derek Carr, and for a lot of people, that makes you happy. For me, that makes me sad for Devontae Adams. So I'm I'm staying away from him unless he just drops into my lap, you know, round 10 or something. I don't want any part of it. Uh, also have DJ Moore on my bust list, and it's not not a knock on Fields. I think he's going to progress. I just think that all of a sudden there are more bodies that are actually healthy and viable here, and there is a running game that is going to still be a function of this. I just don't exactly know how Moore is going to fit into it. Um, so I'm I'm more cautious on him than a lot of people are right now. <clears throat> Unintended. And again, yes, my next my next three are not a knock on the player, not a knock on the situation, but they're getting drafted just too damn high for my liking. Debo Samuel is at the top of that list. I just think that there's too many good options right now. He is not going to put up the kind of numbers that you are drafting him in this position to do. Wait a round or two. If he's still out there, go get him. He's not going to be because someone else is going to waste their time on him, and that's fine. It frees you up for better options. I'd also say I'm concerned about Terry McLaurin. That it's getting a little more crowded there. I'm not really sure what we're going to get out of the quarterback position here just yet, so I'm not putting my eggs in that basket. And George Pickens, um, I think Kenny Pickett is going to be a lot better, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but I think that George Pickens is not the best receiver on this team, and he's not going to be the one who takes a giant step forward because he already overachieved last year. You would take Deontay Johnson over him, I'm assuming? Or I would, yeah. Yeah, I like Deontay okay. Johnson there an awful lot. Take him okay. all day long. 
Okay. Um, for me, my busts, uh, Devontae Adams, also at the top of my list, which is more of an indictment on just you know, organizational dysfunction. Yeah. And, yeah. Hey, Jimmy Garoppolo was a Super Bowl quarterback a few years back, but I just don't think that uh, the Raiders seem to be um, making good decisions, starting with the whole mess with uh, Josh Jacobs. But we'll see. Uh, Terry McLaurin scares me not so much because of my uncertainty about uh, you know the quarterback situation there, but um, mm-hmm. more so just you know the, the toe injury that he has now and. They're saying, oh, maybe yeah. just week one he might miss, but you know, toe injuries. We've, we've heard that wide story a few times. Kind of important, <laughs> and you know, yeah. the ability to push off and cut. You know, I, if he's you know not healthy going into the season, then I don't want to spend a pick on him. At least not you know as high as I would need to to get him. And then Calvin yeah. Ridley, um, definitely see the boom potential there, but I also see the opportunity for him to just you know have a lot of rust that uh, needs some time to come off. And, you know, maybe it takes half a season, maybe it takes a whole season, maybe it takes, you know, half a quarter, I don't know. But, you know, again, you know, I, I think he's going to be gone long before I would feel comfortable taking him, given the uncertainty there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you. Just okay. let it be someone else's quarterback. That we're just letting it go. <laughs> <laughs> Ridley me this. How about uh, quarterbacks? Who you got at the top of your list? This might surprise you a little bit. It's actually Jalen Hurts. Don't love it, but here we are. Um, Patrick Mahomes is it two. Push or something else? No, I just uh, it just makes me feel icky rooting for an Eagles. But um, <laughs> I think that don't know how much better we can get this year. But I do think looking around at the landscape, he's in a better position than a lot of other guys who have similar talent. So there, there's enough pluses that I think he has the potential to be the best out of this bunch this season. Um, Patrick Mahomes, I have it too. There's, granted, not a ton has changed. We still have Andy Reid there, but like we do have some turnover in in offensive coordinator. We've got a little bit of personnel turnover. I think that has more of an impact than perhaps we know yet. That. When someone's that ingrained in your system like that and leaves for another organization, I think that leaves more of a mark. Uh, Lamar Jackson, let's just just keep this Ravens train rolling. I think he's going to have a huge rebound year. I think he's got a lot of upside. I think that he's got a lot more talent around him. And if just just half of the people could stay healthy, this team would be fine. Um, Josh Allen checking in at four. Joe Burrow at five. And Trevor Lawrence all the way up to number six on my list. <laughs> Feels like a little bit of a reach, but I think I think it's a worthwhile one. Um, I think the postseason was a good learning tool. I think we brought in some good complementary pieces, and they're building a more cohesive team, not just, oh, this guy looks good and fits in our price range. Let's see what happens. I think they actually have a strategy for once in quite a while. Um, Justin Herbert's all the way down to seven for me. I'm just not entirely sure where this offense is at mentally. It it was a tough way to end last season. Things weren't running totally smoothly before that. I'm just not in love with what's going on. I'd love to be proved wrong, but that hasn't happened yet. Dak Prescott at eight. He's got to be eight or better, preferably much better, if the Cowboys have any chance of doing anything here because Ezekiel Elliott is not walking in that door. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Fields at nine. 
Kirk Cousins and his shirtless, chain-wearing, silly, silly human is coming in at 10 because despite my best efforts, he continues to play football and play football at a high level for a fantasy perspective. I don't know how you guys stomach actually being Vikings fans and rooting for that every week because that is a roller coaster, but I've got him in my top 10. So our top 10 sound fairly similar, especially at the top. Um, I've got Patrick Holmes, Mahomes and uh, Jalen Hurts flip-flopped, but you know, I could easily see making the case for Hurts, you know, the first one too. I, I think those two guys for me are one and two. I have uh my personal favorite, Josh Allen, hashtag sarcasm at three, uh, Lamar Jackson <laughs> at four, Justin Herbert five, Tua Tagovailoa, Ryan Clark's personal favorite at six, um, and Andrew yeah. Joe Burrow at seven, Trevor Lawrence eight, Justin Fields nine, and then a little bit of a homer pick, but I'm going to put Daniel Jones at ten. I don't um, hate it. Banking I don't hate on it. him uh, having a better receiving core, a better offensive line, and uh, – hopefully better overall season. Last year was definitely a big step in the right direction, but uh, that wasn't a top 10 season, but here's a bet that uh, he'll continue to improve this season. There you go. I like it. I, I want Daniel Jones to do well. I, I'm like, even as a Cowboys fan, I'm like very invested in Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and like how garbage they've been treated in the offseason. <laughs> So aside from Daniel Jones, the other guy in my top ten list who I had at six, who I didn't hear you mention, was uh, Tua. So just kind of curious to get your take on him. For me, Tua, I have him uh, honestly more as like a sleeper pick in my rankings. He's further down. My big issue is I and granted we're all we're all saying you know he needs to be doing this, that, and the other. I'm still not comfortable with how fast he reads the defense, and I'm a little I, – I love that he's trying to stay healthy, but I don't know if I want to have my quarterback thinking more about the proper way to fall than the proper way to actually complete the play with the jujitsu and all this stuff. So prove me wrong, Tua, and, you know, maybe we can all watch, you know, like they have the umpire cam from Major League Baseball. We can watch, like, the Tua cam version. That would be great. But I just – I need to see him make a few more better decisions. That's what I would like to see. I'm not totally sold on him yet. Okay. I guess I'm a little bit higher on him than uh, you are, and I think having uh, Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill as uh, your top two receivers is going to paper over a lot of things. He doesn't. It does. I mean, he can, but he doesn't have to throw the ball 50 yards downfield for no, a big play. No, because they'll run 50 yards after five or catch. 10 yards and then let those guys <laughs> yeah. uh, do the rest of the work for them. But uh, anyway. No good problem so, to um, have. Top rookies, who is your top rookie quarterback? I think I know the answer to this without asking, but I'll ask anyway. Uh, who is your well. uh, top rookie quarterback besides <laughs> Anthony Richardson? Besides Anthony Richardson, I, I like C.J. Shroud a lot. <laughs> I mean, I think I think he's in a a really good situation. I like what he did at Ohio State. Um, I think there is something to be said from guys coming from these bigger schools that have played better competition overall because they're playing deeper into seasons and bowl games each year. I think like Bryce Young, same way. Will Levis, a little bit. Hendon Hooker before he got hurt. Why wouldn't Bryce Young be at the top of your list ahead of C.J. Stroud? Because I actually think that C.J. Stroud has less weapons that are going to help him out and so he will put up better individual numbers 
Bryce Young has a little bit more of functionality around him. So there there are, you know, running backs. He's got tight ends. He's got a little, little bit more going for him. So just as a pure player, I think C.J. Stratt is at the top of the list. I think Bryce Young is like a 1A, and Anthony Richardson is a 1B, mostly because he just stepped into so much turmoil. <laughs> it can't be like yeah, a healthy, fun locker room in Indianapolis right now. Because I think I would rather have Houston's running back situation with Damian Pierce than um, Carolina's situation with Miles Cylinder and uh, Chuba Hubbard and all, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. Time will yeah. tell how that works out. But any other uh, deeper sleeper quarterbacks or are those three um, the uh, main ones for I like you? Will, Will Levis in Tennessee. I think is interesting. It, I think it's weird that you're essentially just telling Ryan Tannehill, like, hey, we're good. We've got the next guy. So, like, you just you just take a couple weeks and we're going to put him in. Um, and Hendon Hooker, I think, as soon as he's healthy, I think could be very interesting because Jared Goff has shown us, yes, there are signs that he is an elite quarterback, but there's a lot of signs that, like, maybe he just sees ghosts or has brain farts or whatever. Like, he just isn't reading defenses and making decisions fast enough, um, especially behind a, a Detroit offensive line. You have to do that a lot faster. So I think Hendon Hooker, with the way he plays, might be a better fit in Detroit long term, and I think that we might see that later on this season. Interesting. Um, Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo were both Super Bowl quarterbacks. Yeah. Yet both and of them and get, I kicked uh, them both out the door already line. today. <laughs> you have. You're, you're a tough raider. Um, I so sent them their Cobra paperwork and they are on their way. <laughs> so, how early would you think of drafting any of these rookie quarterbacks? Would any of them be. Um, in a 12-team league, would you want any of them as your uh, QB1, or are you looking at these guys more as uh, backups that you would snag in the last couple um, rounds I of would, a I would take, league? I would take either, really any of those top three. I would take if I were, you know, picking in a later round and finding my, my number one overall quarterback. I would take a flyer on him because I'd be stronger in other places. I've got great – running backs and wide receivers because I already took them when you idiots were drafting quarterbacks. And now I'm going to just, you know, ride Bryce Young to the promised land or CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson. I'd be okay with that. See, to me, to me, those guys are more like the high upside second quarterback. I would take if I waited a long time on the first quarterback and now ended up with somebody like Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers, someone that, you know, Mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins in particular, I like just because he's been in the same system for, you know, this is at least with the same offensive coordinator the second year, and he's been with the team for quite a while now. He's, you know, got yep. you know, Justin Jefferson and K.J. Osborne have been there with him for a couple of years. He's added, mm-hmm. you know, Jordan Addison to the mix. He's going to have T.J. Hawkinson for a whole year. So, yeah, I, I can see where, you know, it might make sense to pass over some of these guys that, you know, we were talking about being higher-ranked quarterbacks and just wait and – grab somebody like that with the first pick, sort of your high floor guy, and then go with an Anthony Richardson or one of these other, you know, two rookies we were talking about maybe as a second quarterback, uh, you know, that you pick, uh, you know, like the 12th, 13th round or something. But that's my thought. Yeah. I don't hate and, it. And uh, just a I don't couple hate it. other names to throw out um, as rookie quarterbacks. Uh, one is Aiden O'Connell with the Raiders. That's more uh, – a bet on uh, things not going well for Jimmy Garoppolo. 
And then I uh, also, that <laughs> kind of intrigues me a little bit is Jake Hayner with the Saints, and I I don't know yeah. that much about him. You know, didn't really see him play. I think mean, he's from Purdue. But the one thing that um, really, you know, again, I know these tests are are not you know end all be all of who's going to be a successful NFL quarterback. But you know, these S two tests that they give now to measure your reaction time and everything. Bryce Young, I think, scored the highest of the incoming mm-hmm. you know, yeah. rookie quarterbacks on that. And the other two guys that uh, scored really high, I think the next two highest uh, scores among the rookie quarterbacks were uh, Jake Hayner and uh, Jaron Hall, who is, I guess, listed as the third string for the Vikings. But uh, anyway, you know, those are the kinds of guys that, hey, if I have a spot at the end of a dynasty roster that, you know, I wouldn't mind stashing a guy like that and see if something works out. And if, you know, a year from now, there isn't any sign of progress. You just uh, cut them and move on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, it's okay. <laughs> how about uh, sleepers for quarterbacks? Uh, give me your uh, top three to five sleepers. I have Kenny Pickett at the top of my list. Believe it or not, for as much as I was hating on his guys earlier, I think Kenny Pickett's going to take a step forward. I think things are going to get better. Um, he seems crazy enough that he thinks it's going to happen, so at this point I'm inclined to believe it. I think Tua, again, I think there are some struggles here, but I think he has sleeper potential. I'm not putting him on my bust list. I'm just thinking he's more of a deeper sleeper here. Baker Mayfield, I think, is very interesting. I, I Again, a deeper sleeper, but he's – He's got a team around him that that could work. I just don't know how much they've bought into him as the quarterback. Just there's a lot of question marks still there. Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. Uh, again, a lot of good, a lot of good pieces around him. He doesn't have to be Tom Brady. He just has to be a functional quarterback. That's literally it. It's like running the 49ers offense. Anyone can do it. And then I've got Mac Jones at five. I think he's going to bounce back this year. I think he, it was not a great situation. There was a lot that went bad. I think things are going to go a whole hell of a lot better there. Uh, if not, they'll probably just trade him. So maybe he'll end up in a better situation anyway. But I think Mac Jones is going to have a rebound year with the Patriots. What about you? Um, my three would be Brock Purdy. I, I don't know that anybody can – just anybody can run the 49ers, but uh, I guess yeah. we'll find out. Um, this is true. You know, Purdy was somebody that scored really high on that uh, S2 test last year. You know, he was Mr. Mm-hmm. Irrelevant, but uh, you know, showed that he definitely was uh, more valuable than some of the guys picked ahead of him. Uh, Kenny Pickett, hopefully when he throws an interception you know, that's returned for a touchdown, it doesn't get referred to as a Pickett six. But uh, anyway, I do like <laughs> you know, his supporting cast. And then I'll take a flyer on Jordan Love if he's still out there. A lot of good uh, players around him. He sat and waited for a long time. And uh, who knows, you know, just because it worked going from, um, you know, you know, from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers doesn't mean that it's going to yeah. work going from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. But, you know, he's been there a while. He knows what they want to do. He's got some you know, good weapons you know, around him. So we'll see. I, I'd be willing to take a flyer on him as a second quarterback or a guy that, you know, is at least on the watch list to begin the season. Uh, how about uh, busts? Um, I, just give me two or three busts 
and we'll move on to tight end, Sean. I'm going to give you a couple of obvious ones. Deshaun Watson, I don't think it gets better. Uh, Russell Wilson, I still don't think this gets better. I think this actually is going to find a way to actually get worse. Um, Aaron Rodgers, for where you're drafting him, you're not going to get that same production. Take him later if you're going to take him at all. Matt Stafford, I'm not loving everything I'm hearing out of training camp, plus the fact that he's never going to be the healthiest human out there and they haven't done a ton to beef up protection for him. And then I had Jordan Love on my bust list just because I just don't know. I just don't know if I believe he's the guy yet. I would like to be wrong, but I'm I'm not sold yet. Who's on your list? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was at the top of my list. Russell Wilson was um, second on that list. And uh, Kyler Murray, and that's just a really weird situation in Arizona now. I mean, he's obviously yeah. going to start the season on the pup list, but you know, just having traded away you know, DeAndre Hopkins and – yeah, who knows what that situation is going to be look like. Yeah, yeah, they could very well be, uh, you know, looking at uh, Caleb Williams as a top pick next year with the new regime, or you know, or maybe you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. or somebody you know, with that top pick. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I, I hope you know, just because I have him on a dynasty team, I hope things go better for him once he gets back. But you know, also glad that I have Kirk Cousins on that same roster. So, yeah, yeah, it, it but does, anyway, does I, I help want a little bit. <laughs> Even if you have an IR spot, I don't want uh, Kyler Murray to, to start the year. So, all right, um, yeah. we're going to, as, as is our usual uh, um, strategy, <laughs> we're, we're going to be well over time here, but uh, why don't we try yeah. to breeze through some uh, tight end picks and uh, tell me who your top 10, or actually, let me, um, I'll take, I'll go first on this one uh, just to even or balance things out a little bit but uh, tight ends uh, Travis Kelsey uh, top of my list Mark Andrews again not too much of a surprise there Uh, third is where it starts to get interesting I'm going to stick on the homer train for the Giants and go with Darren Waller having a big comeback here if he can stay healthy which is a pretty big if Uh, Dallas Goddard is probably more of a sure thing than Darren Waller I'm just not sure that you know with the wide receivers there that he has as high a ceiling as uh, Darren mm-hmm. Waller might. You know, Darren Waller could very well be the top receiving option for the Giants this season. Uh, Kyle Pitts, T.J. Hawkinson, David Njoku, Chigo Conquo, Pat Fryermuth, and George Kittle uh, rounding out my top ten for tight ends. So uh, thoughts, reactions, and uh, who's on your list? What's- We've got some overlap. We've got some overlap. I unfortunately have Darren Waller a little lower on my list, but he is on my list, so there's that. Um, Travis Kelsey is the number one tight end on my list. I just don't think you should be drafting him in the first round. So, like, we can we can agree on him being the best tight end at this current time, just not where we're drafting him. <laughs> I've got Kyle Pitts at two and Dallas Goddard at three. Mark Andrews and my Ravens homerism, which I have apparently developed this offseason, coming in at four, TJ Hawkins in five. Um, then I'm bouncing bouncing over to Pat Fryermoose and Darren Waller will check in at seven. I've got George Kill at eight and uh, Evan Ingram at nine and Dalton Schultz at ten. Okay, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how Dalton Schultz does uh, with Houston and Lucy's. Yeah, well, he'll be used to I the think, heat. If I think he's got else. got the ability, but again, I am oh, yeah. higher on C.J. Stroud, so maybe that's part of it too. 
Okay. Um, top rookies, who who do you like rookie tight end-wise? And would you draft any of these guys? Yes. In a redraft yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I actually like a lot of this yeah. rookie class for tight ends. I think they're going to have a lot of impact um, sooner rather than later. Sam Laporta out of Iowa, I think that could be very interesting in Detroit. They sort of lost their way a little bit after trading TJ Hawkinson, and we have some issues with, you know, suspensions and injuries and things like that in in the locker room. So he might get chances sooner rather than later. Dalton Kincaid in Buffalo I think is very interesting. Michael Mayer in Vegas because someone's got to step up there. Luke Shoemaker in Dallas, a little bit of a homer pick, but he's looking good this this preseason. And Luke Musgrave in Green Bay, I think, could be a very interesting piece of that puzzle that might get a bigger role than we anticipate sooner rather than later. So, yeah, I only listed three guys and you covered all three of them. Uh, Sam Laporta would also. I have two more on my list if you want those. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I interrupted. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just like, I should probably quit while I'm ahead here. <laughs> no, no, no. Who else is on your list? I want to know. I've, I've got Quentin Johnson uh, in San Diego. I think I think there could be opportunities. I don't love. Oh, you, 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 you might be right. That might be us and make sense here. But then Brenton Strange in uh, Jacksonville also liking him a lot. But he's got some ways to get, get onto the field he's got to work on first. So, okay. um, I mean, I so, think we have yeah. some options. Yeah, um, I gave you my guys, uh, Laporta, Luke Musgraves, and uh, Dalton Kincaid would be my top three. Um, and I really don't know order-wise Sam Laporta, probably just because he's a clear number one, and the other two guys also have other you know, highly drafted or highly valued tight ends that they're competing with. So I would think Sam yeah. Laporta seems to be the guy that is in line to make the biggest impact off the bat, but uh, we'll see. That's How about the easiest the sleeper tight end? Field, I think. Like? Yeah. Who do you like a uh, sleeper tight end wise? Um, well, I do like Mike Gusecki an awful lot. I know, I know he's got the shoulder thing this week. I know, but hear me out. Granted, yes, it has been a couple of years since the Patriots have successfully done the two tight end operation, like, you know, rest in peace, everyone involved. It was great when it worked, but Gronk is, you know, selling booze and wrestling in WWE now. He's not coming back. There is a way to make this work. You just need two healthy, good tight ends to do it. And I think with having Hunter Henry there, who's still sticking around, I think this is going to be the perfect complement to someone who already comes in and plays a similar style to what the Patriots' offense is looking for. I think a change of pace will be good for him. The Miami offense kind of evolved in a way where it became wide receiver-centric and not tight end-centric, which it had been before. He can catch the ball. He can block. That's what they're looking for in Buffalo. I say, in, uh, in New England, I think that he's got a chance, as long as this shoulder thing doesn't linger on, to really come on strong this year, and you heard it here first. I am the Mike Gusecki apologist of the entire world. I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> um, okay, I'll go with. Uh, <laughs> sorry, you have others. I have a couple others. I did bring some others off my soapbox. Sure. Um, okay. I think that Zach Ertz is interesting in Arizona, despite not knowing who the quarterback is going to be. He's very adaptable. I would like him to stop getting injured, but I think that could be something that produces 
a whole lot more than maybe we think it is now. Greg Dolchich in uh, Denver, I think, also is poised to bigger role in that offense, mostly because I just don't think Russell Wilson can do a lot down the field at this point in time. So we saw flashes of greatness out of him. If he can stay healthy, I think he could be a big part of that offense. Uh, Sean Payton's not afraid to use a tight end. So those are my, my top three. I'm going to go with uh, Hayden Hurst in Carolina, Herb Smith in Cincinnati, and uh, Jake Ferguson with uh, your uh, Dallas Cowboys there is my uh, three favorite tight ends. There you go. I think could potentially (laughs) wind up in the top ten overall. Uh, How about busts? Who do you uh, not like as much? Okay. In the true sense of the word bust, where people are drafting Travis, drafting Travis Kelsey, he is going to be a bust. If you draft him more reasonably, you're fine. But if you're taking him in the first round, it's not going to go great for you. So this, again, is our PSA of the day. Don't draft Travis Kelsey this high. There are a lot of drawbacks. You're paying for goods that have already happened, not what's ahead of you. Um, get off that soapbox. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Tyler Conklin in New down. York. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Conklin in New York, I think it's going to have a, a tough year. Um, also, I, I'm i not as excited about uh, Gerald Everett out with the Chargers. I'm just not, I'm just not sure what's going to happen, that offense is going to look like. So those are ones I'm staying away from, probably Logan Thomas as well. And Dawson Knox, I'm very worried about. I would like him to be a sleeper, but right now I'm not sure if he's going to cross that threshold, so I'm very begrudgingly leaving him on my bust list for the time being. Uh, Dawson Knox is at the top of my tight end bust list. Uh, Tyler Higby with the Rams. I wanted to be wrong and, about uh, this. <laughs> and uh, Hunter Henry um, with uh, the beloved Patriots uh, also on my bust list, um, just not buying this whole idea that Mac Jones is going to take a step forward this year and that Hunter Henry and Mike Gesicki are going to be fantasy relevant. You know, for your sake, I hope I'm wrong. But, yelling. Uh, yeah, I mean, I hope he stops yelling at his offensive coordinator. That probably would be his first <laughs> to start, but yeah. it's more than that. But uh, I don't he think does. Jimmy Garoppolo yells at his offensive coordinator much and and you know yeah, what? Maybe that's why he's not very good. Besides the Super Bowl. <laughs> he's a Super Bowl quarterback, so is Jared Goff. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> if you had to put your fantasy life on the line. I didn't say they were the reason they got there, but, you know, <laughs> it's kind of hard to make yeah. it in, 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 in spite of a quarterback. But anyway. This is, so this is true. Have People it. Um, have done what it. do you think? So here, back to another random strategy question. What do you think of the whole idea of stacking players on a team if you're trying to maximize your points? Um, your points, and uh, how do you manage your team when you you know do you look for bye weeks? Do you just hey, I don't care because half the guys are going to be injured by the time we get to the bye weeks, or what? So you know those two questions: uh, stacking and bye weeks. What's your strategy with those? So when I draft, I am highly mindful of the bye week. I make sure the lineup I draft is able to start someone at every position every week. I don't want to just not have wide receivers on week seven because all everybody's on a bye. Like it just makes me crazy. And I don't want to bank on, you know, someone will be out there or somebody will be hurt or whatever. I just want to know day one, I could go with the guys that brought me here. I could just, 
I could just not touch the lineup the whole year. Hopefully we all stay healthy and things go great. That never happens, but I like in theory to at least think it could. And then from there, looking at stacking, um, I, I really have gotten more into it over the last couple of years. I do like, I like a quarterback wide receiver stack. Um, I like even a quarterback tight end, but, um, Running back's nice, too, to throw in there. It really depends on the team itself and a little bit more matchup-wise. Like, you might just be looking like, all right, this this stack might work better because the rest of the division is not as good, so I'm going to have six more chances that I can put up more points than I would normally if I were doing this in another division. So I I think I overthink it a little bit, but I like it. (laughs) And do you consider playoff matchups or potential playoff matchups playoff week matchups at all when you, you know, look to stack players? I mean, would you look ahead and say, oh, my semifinals week and my finals week, you know, my my stacked guys are up against you sure. know, the yeah. San Francisco defense or the Dallas defense or something? Or do you just figure, hey, if I can get, you know, two at, guys on a good team point, and stack I've them got, on the I, I now have a I now have a first world problem if I've gotten to that point. So I figure as long as I get there, I can figure it out from there. So I don't think too much beyond the regular season, just trying to get through. Because God knows what your team will look like by then. But cautiously optimistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm For me, the, the bye weeks don't really factor into my drafting at all. And I just, you know, figure that I'll figure it out and that, you know, random distribution of uh, bye weeks that I should be okay. And if it all happens that, you know, 90% of my team has a bye in one particular week, then, you know, so be it. I'll you know what? For that week. Every, and, everyone took the yeah, bye. <laughs> yeah. The, the only time I don't like that strategy is when you're in a league that has its opening uh, week of the playoffs uh, in the last mm. uh, by week mm-hmm. and, and your guys we're never are on buys. Get, we're never getting a, over this. <laughs> you're usually in a dynasty league if that's happening to you, and you can't really just yeah. say, "Oh, I'm going to cut Jonathan Taylor because he's got you know his bye week is the right. opening week of the playoffs for the second year in a row." Not that I'm bitter about that, but no, anyway, no, we're definitely not bitter um, about it. But I mean, like, I at least no. had a quarterback by then, and also wasn't in the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess it's a nice problem to have. But anyway, so um, before we go, any uh, DFS tips you want to lay out? Oh, um, before we do DFS, uh, tell me uh, who your uh, Super Bowl picks are. Okay, so I'm going to give you an AFC title game, an NFC title game, and then I'm giving you a Super Bowl winner and a score. We're going all in here. So in our AFC title game, I've got Buffalo beating the Ravens close game and in the nfc side of things we're going with the 49ers over the eagles sorry sorry to the greater area that you and i both live in um which is gonna is gonna set us up for a buffalo san francisco super bowl which buffalo is gonna win 28 24 there you have it (laughs) all right um what are your what are your picks decidedly different than mine I, I might have made these picks under duress. Um, it was inflicted by a certain cat, but uh, my Super Bowl Blue picks, makes I'm his present known at all times. He does. I'm going to go with um, a all-cat Super Bowl of uh, the Bengals and love the Lions, it. which is going to guarantee that a cat team oh, actually wins it. the Super Bowl for the first time. 
And uh, can you really, imagine? Can you imagine the media week with Motor City Dan Campbell having a microphone on him all the time? Ah, oh, what, what a thirty for thirty this the, will be. <laughs> even though the Lions are the blue. Um, uh, cat team uh, blue yeah. is going to go with the, the Bengals to uh, win the Super Bowl on the theory that you know they've come close a few times and uh, this, yeah. this is finally the year where they push across the threshold. I guess he identifies more as a speedy Bengal than a, a lion at this moment in time. <laughs> or just with shoving people out of the way you know, in order, you know, even if it's illegal, <laughs> like that playing the Super Bowl a couple years ago. <laughs> I mean, it could happen. We could see it happen again. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, before so there, we sign off, uh, there you have it. DFS tips. Um, as far as DFS tips, I can't uh, tell you enough how important stacking is to win in a daily fantasy league. You really want to think about that more than just about anything. Um, and also, don't be afraid to put a running back in that's going to catch passes. That's going to be the other linchpin to your success here. Don't overspend on your quarterback. Get you a, a, a very shorthanded running back and stack away. This will win you every week. But next week I'll give you some better options for the week coming up, and we'll make sure that you're winning your season long, your dynasty leagues, your daily fantasy leagues, just like water cooler arguments with the guy down, down in finance, whatever. We got you covered all over. <laughs> so... Um, in the meantime, if you guys have questions about your lineup, about your drafts coming up, I know Sherpa's got one draft left. I've got four more to go. It's going to be a busy weekend. Um, but if you have questions on, on your drafts or anything like that, you can find us all over social media. We are on Twitter at the number four THN inches show. That's the number four THN inches show. You can find us at fantasy underscore Sherpa and JKIM16. I'm pretty sure you can figure out who's who there. We're on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page, and you can email us at the number four THN inches show at gmail.com. That's the number four THN inches show at gmail.com. And we will be back with you on Tuesday night next week to preview all of our week one matchups. And I guess we're going to find out if I'm ever going to pick the Atlanta Falcons to win a game again and see where it goes from there. <laughs> Sounds good. Happy drafting. Any last? Yes. Happy drafting. And uh, don't take Travis Kelsey with your first overall pick. There's nothing else you got out of this show. Or even don't the second that. overall pick. Just stay away. Just stay away. Let someone else have that problem. But I digress. <laughs> we'll see you guys next yeah. week. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, good luck drafting, unless, of course, you're playing us. <laughs>